to the Skeptic Wire. January 2014, episode 145 of the Skeptic Wire. I am your host, Gary Law, and with me this week is Donna Swafford. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here this week. Yay! 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 Donna's here. And Greg Perrine. I'm also here. Yay! All three of us are here. Yay! Yay! Including a special guest, Cedar. Yay! Yay. Allergies. Okay. No, not so yay. I I don't care. I honestly couldn't care less. Yes, and lack of sleep. Yay! Yay! Okay. All right, we'll see you next week. (laughs) So, how was everybody's week this past week? Donna? Uh, Busy. (laughs) I was just swamped. You were jet-setting it. Yeah, I was jet-setting it. Were we right that you went to to London, England? Yes. See, now, I I said that last week. And um, I, I had every every intention of putting like the dun 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 yeah, and I couldn't re- I couldn't find that you couldn't remember the name of the song the name of the to song. look it up yeah yeah I thought it was like Rue Britannia or or uh, God Save the Queen but apparently not I should have just put God Save the Queen by just the go find an Austin Powers DVD and rip well it yeah off exactly. Of that. Anyway, so you went to London first? I went for a couple of days, and I've actually, in the meantime, been to L.A., and I'm I'm here for a couple of weeks, so... Okay. So you went the back-and-forth way, not the time-traveling, crossing international dateline way, right? No, okay. I... Yeah. Over, over North Korea. <laughs> yeah, just back-and-forth. Um, I London. thought I saw you in that Dennis Rodman press conference. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that was... Me with my sonic screwdriver. <laughs> Good drink, right? Yep. Had quite a few of them on, on New Year's Eve, as a matter of fact. Excellent. What about you, Greg? What have you been doing, if anything? Nothing. Okay! <laughs> <laughs> cursing cursing internet availability. Yes, that would be that would be one of the things I'm doing. Yeah. So, if anyone would like to troubleshoot Greg's internet availability... Uh, over the internet via text, <laughs> which I probably won't get because my internet is fucked. <laughs> right. Feel free at Skeptware. Okay, and I've really just been uh, working on all the stuff I've been working on previously. Very informative, Gary. Thank you. Yes, yes. I'm I'm mysterious. <laughs> I think sometimes I'm a little Chicks bit like that. <laughs> Sure. Okay. Chris, Chris, you have to mysteriously walk around for them to know that you're mysterious. Pretty much, I'm just absent. So you've got women love the mystery of what is this lotion doing in this basket? Put the lotion in the basket. Yeah. God. Wow. Okay. Just well, it could have been taken another way. I was going to (laughs) say he just walks around. He walks around here with the Peter Gunn theme going, you know, that. Okay, yeah. Yeah, we should decide by committee who's doing the bass line and who's doing the melody line of that. Otherwise, we both. It's like doing Line Sleeps Tonight. How do you decide who does the. That would probably be me because I have 
I have the better falsetto, I think. You have a falsetto, I don't. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so after after all that, we're just basically sitting here in, in the a room. room. <laughs> Speaking of the room, room. Uh, Donna and I got to see a classic in uh, filmography called The Room on Sunday. Classic they... in scare quotes? Oh, yes, quite, quite. Quite this big old square quotiness. quotes with parentheses and brackets and yeah, yeah exclamation it's, points. Yeah. It, yeah. It's quite it's, it's quite an interesting, uh, uh, almost a lecture in what not to do in in filmmaking, sc- filmmaking, script writing, direction, green screen, <laughs> acting and acting. Yes. Well, okay. First off, I do believe the entire movie was written in French. And then oh. used in Google Translator or AltaVista or Babelfish or something. Have, yeah, Vista, yeah. <laughs> have we actually told the listeners the name of the movie yet? Uh, it's called The Room. Okay. By Tommy Wizzo. 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 Yeah. Not not Wizzo Brand, who, <laughs> who make, I think... Uh, Was that the uh, bag of glass from the Saturday Night Live sketch? No, Wiz- Wizzo Brand is is the uh, the chocolates. Oh. The, with Spring Surprise and Crunchy Frog. Okay. And uh, Bar- Lark's I know it was it. some classic comedy. Yeah. <laughs> As opposed to this classic movie, which we'll get back onto right now. Mighty Python. Yeah, it's... <sighs> so they had, a, they had a screening at the local Alamo Draft House, and they handed out... Uh, Protective because goggles. If you're, they should have, really. Um, it's one of those movies that's so bad, it's hilarious. And in this case, it's only really hilarious if you're in a a group yelling at the screen and it was absolutely worth worthwhile seeing. So it's sort of like the Rocky horror picture show only not really as campy because it's just bad. <laughs> yeah. I, this was a movie that was started out on a very serious note. Oh. There you go. <laughs> and it has a sort of plot. Yeah, sort yeah. of, yeah, yeah. Guy meets a girl. Guy. Guy guy is in relationship with girl. Guy is in relationship with girl. G- girl cheats on him. G- girl is basically. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Uh, well, well, yeah, thank you. Uh, the, the, the girl is basically playing the part of Hamlet's mother. Right? Yeah. Who's who's a big manipulator. And, and, okay. But she's the. the the girlfriend who he's gonna marry, and then but she falls out of love with him. I don't know why. Uh, if you've seen his acting, uh, and loves his best friend, who makes it quite apparent throughout the film that he is the best. He friend. is the best friend. So a lot of repetitive dialogue. Uh, a lot <laughs> of. But he's my best friend. Yeah. I can't do this because Tommy is my best friend. And on almost basically that delivery. A lot of saying it but not showing it kind of stuff. Well, no, like, he pulls away briefly. They're best, they're best, then they fuck on the stairs. They're best friends because he says they're best friends, right. not because there's visual evidence that they are best friends and they have a No, they play a lot of football. Yeah. They play a lot okay. of yeah. football. So so there are there are sort of establishing things in that in that they spend some time together through in the film. Okay. They go running together and they throw their football together. Oh, and they grab coffee together the one time. Yes. Yeah. So, so basically, yeah. And he says that he's his best friend, so obviously. He's obviously it works. So it's this relationship, this best friend, this topsy-turvy betrayal, and 
Yes. Maybe they get together at the end. Maybe they don't. Maybe you have to go see it. Yeah, I, I would recommend seeing it just to say that you've seen it. Yeah, and we with will, friends. We won't spoil the ending, no. although the the ending is basically not telegraphed. <laughs> <laughs> but I, they have so many non sequiturs in this movie. Like a big one is the 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 girlfriend. Right. She's talking to her mom, and her mom Lisa. just blurts out, "But I have cancer." And she's all like, oh, no, mommy. She goes, no, I got the test back. It's definitely cancer. At no point after this. Is it ever referenced? Oh, wait. She says, I'm going to die. Oh, yeah. She says, right. But after this, there is no talk of the cancer. Ever. No emotional resonance. No. It's just casually (laughs) mentioned in conversation. And when you say casually, it is absolutely casually mentioned in the conversation. (laughs) It's almost laughingly delivered. It's pretty bad. And then you have the people that just come in to randomly have sex in the apartment. Yeah. That uh, you don't have any idea of who they are. So Yeah, you you, you figure out who, who the main people are. You have um, Johnny, who's the, the main character, and Lisa, who's the girlfriend. And Mark. Then, and then his buddy Mark. And then this really the creepy, creepy kid. Oh, uh, who, Denny. Who, who Denny, who Johnny has sort of adopted from the street or something and is like paying for him to go to college and buying him a car. Oh, obviously. Okay. Yeah. Because this, well, I, it's obviously to show what a great guy Johnny is. Right. It's his Robin to his Batman. Yeah. Gotcha. And I think that uh, Johnny, played by the writer, director, and I, editor, editor uh, that... Tommy Wiseau, I, I think he might be one of those aliens from Men in Black. Because he has a very unique facial structure. Okay. <laughs> he has this French Serbian cowboy rock star vampire. That's look. been hit in the face with a rock. <laughs> <laughs> and poked with a stick. But all in all, I, Gary and I had this great time because they hand out spoons because one of the the I guess the activities for watching it is some of the art on the walls of this apartment is utensils. Yeah. And every time it pans across it, you throw your plastic spoon. Yeah, there's okay. a there's one on the there's a big one on the wall and then there's like two little ones on two the two little ones. One of the activities that activity sheets that we were given, the thing is whenever you see a spoon framed, you yell spoon and then throw a plastic spoon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, they say lift it up, but everybody was kind of throwing it. Yeah. So near the end of the movie, the people at the back had no spoons. um and then there is all of these beautiful stock shots of san francisco and that's literally about half the movie are just these (laughs) beautiful sweeping stock shots of san francisco and we say sweeping that it'll sweep across say the golden gate bridge and one of the activities was as it goes across the golden gate bridge and it goes both ways not that way. It goes from well, the San Francisco. From, from from the right to the left, left, and then it goes from the left, left. to the right. To I I don't know why. It's just generally. But as it pans across, you're supposed to uh, go 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 go. So, so it's kind of like the Rocky Horror kind of climb that arm, yes. climb that arm. Okay. <laughs> exactly. And my my personal favorite of the movie is the fact that these sex scenes are so disturbing, and they reuse footage from <laughs> one to the other. Yeah, you get. <laughs> You get two sex scenes in the first ten minutes, with two different with well with the same girl 
but with two different guys. Yes. Okay, establishing that she is cheating on yeah. the guy. Right. Yeah. But they you are find her so di- you bad. Find, you find the girl disturbing anyway. Right. She's got this little neck thing going, and it's it's almost like well, it's, it's a, a muscle poison pouches that spits out and kills people. Well, sure, that could yeah, be. Yeah, could it's have kind been of it. on the side. It's, but it, it looks but... a little Adam's apple-y. Okay. So but all... she's not. I looked, and if it was, she was, it wouldn't have been a problem. <laughs> just pointing that out, it was just one, kind of one of those things that when you watch it, you notice it, and you go, I can't look away from that now. Yeah, that's true. That That is the focus of that, of the one particular scene. They're sitting on the couch, and anyway. So, I, I have a question. Yes. This is obviously a fun movie to see with friends, right. to enjoy the bad movie experience, but also to have the camp fun of making fun of the sex scenes, throwing the spoons, and right. go, you know, rooting on the long-sweeping establishing shots that say, yes, you're in San Francisco, right. believe us. There's a lot of activities you can do. A lot of drinking games. Sounds like a fun time for friends, and not criticizing you guys, but... Out of curiosity, why do you happen to be mentioning this on our skeptical show? Well, because you can – it's an interesting introduction into critical thinking. Okay. Because what one of the things that doesn't happen in this movie are establishing shots. Okay. For example, there's basically uh, four locations. There's the inside of the apartment. There's a downstairs. There's an upstairs. Uh, and then there's like a courtyard and there's a roof. Wasn't there a thing about a flower shop? Yeah, yeah, but, the... yeah but, it, it, but just okay. the, the, These the, primary, are the main locations, the primary locations are supposed to be uh, around this apartment. The problem is that they never establish how anybody gets anywhere because there's a front door that everybody comes in, but they never establish that it goes out to where, where what's outside. Does it that go out door. to the courtyard? Does it go out to the front, the the sidewalk. Does it go to the garage? We have no, no idea. idea. Okay. But people keep on coming and going constantly through this one door, and so they'll show people leave through the front door, and suddenly they're on the roof, or suddenly they're in the courtyard, or uh, suddenly they're somewhere else. So it shows you why all these usual tropes of standard filmmaking are used to to explain to our simple brains of. Well, this happened, then that happened, and this happened, and you don't get jarred out of your suspension of disbelief because it all makes sense somehow. But this um, film doesn't. Right. And there's there, there's some reasons why you would do like some sharp cuts for to left and right to keep people confused and on their toes. Like psychological thrillers will do that. Horror films will do that. Uh, this movie didn't require this <laughs> this type right. of lack. <laughs> And there's there's a bunch of scenes where like suddenly people just appear, like there's a there's this big emotional scene where Lisa's like it, 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 explaining to someone that we we have established is her female best friend, right? Ish uh, earlier in the film, and suddenly there's this guy you've never seen this guy before. I agree with her. There. And that's also one of the things. Who the hell are, are you? <laughs> so it's not even like they're having this conversation and the door opens and this guy walks in and they go, Hi, Brian, what do you think about what it, we just said? Exactly. It's just he's there. He's there. He just suddenly he's shows He's sort of up. like a weeping angel. Somebody turned. Somebody <laughs> blinked their eyes. Boom. He's there. And that's, there's another scene up on the rooftop where they do that. It's, these people are all weeping angels. Because there's right. this, she's talking with Denny. Why did you do this? And then, boom, her mom is there. And then, 
boom, Mark is there. And then boom, uh, jo- Johnny is there. John, yeah. And you're just like, where did they come from? from how, did, <laughs> how did they get there without other people being seen? How did they know everybody was on the roof? Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, it's just, it's an interesting exercise just to watch because you will learn a lot. If you want, if you want to know about filmmaking, this film really shows you how not to do it. Right. In, in my the, opinion, I'm the, not even a no. filmmaker, but I learned a lot just by going, Oh, <laughs> who is this guy? How did they get here? You know, why, why is this person acting this way? Why is Denny creepy? <laughs> oh, he, that kid was creepy. Is he, is he autistic? Is he a serial killer? I don't know. But I was expecting Lisa, who's supposed to be, uh, again, the, the Hamlet's mother kind of thing, to I, start chopping people up. Yeah. Because <laughs> she, she acts kind of creepy as well. But, like, it, it's, it's a good movie to sit there and watch and analyze. Yeah. And then compare it to something, you know, that you consider a good movie and go, okay, what do they do right? right. And how in the world could this guy do everything so wrong? It, it shows you just how, like, the Spielbergs or whatevers of the world make it look easy because they make it look seamless. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, this guy had $6 million to spend on this film, right? Yeah, I, I'm still and, flabbergasted And we're by working that. on a film called Now Hiring that did it for, let me see, has 100 times less money-ish. And it's actually a really exciting action film this one <laughs> this one doesn't even have any action except for the, him driving his car and being on like the 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 tram hey 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 oh you forgot all of fight. the running and the football scenes oh, that's right and there, there is, is a fight some... there's a fight with the stone guy a what guy who's stoned talking to oh, a psychologist I thought it was like, he's really mad i thought it was fantastic for the thing stone oh no 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 sorry but anyway uh i, I would recommend if you're interested in film and certainly interested in, in how how films kind of work as far right. as plot lines and, and visually right uh this would be a good one just to compare with but don't watch it by yourself because it'll it'll it, suck it, your soul away yeah i don't think it would be at all enjoyable <laughs> but you can no. but you can learn something and have a good time right because uh, you'll sit there and you will have a new appreciation for the Spielbergs and the Whedons and, and, and everything else. Yeah, and, and, and even independent films. Yeah. Even even smaller ones. Like the Swaffords. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> exactly. So that being said, uh, one, of, one of the things that happens in the movie is it's Johnny's it's birthday. birthday. So do we have a birthday for uh, atheism skepticism? Yes. Yes, we do. Science. Not really, but he thinks so. Okay. (laughs) Good clue. Yes, he thinks so. Uh, This person was born January 15th, 1953, and is still alive. Okay. Uh, And what, what, okay, he thinks he's a skeptic. So, Um, or does he think he's a scientist? He thinks what he's doing is science. He is a creationist. Okay. Okay, Uh, got it. Ken Ham? Ken Hovind. Yes. See, the problem is they both have K's in their name. And- but that was a good guess, Gary. We're very <laughs> proud of you. And Ken Ham is older than Ken Ho. Yes. Actually, does Ken- he get a cookie? No. Uh, Kent Hovind uh, basically has a whole bunch of 
degrees, let's use that in big scare quotes, in Christian education, Christian ministry, from several uncredited institutions. He apparently wrote a dissertation, which the first time he never finished, and apparently in 2013 he decided to publish it, and the name of it is What on Earth is About to Happen, For Heaven's Sake, A Dissertation on End Times According to the Bible. I've actually read that, and I believe the very first line in there is, Hello, my name is Kent Hovind. <laughs> and no, I'm not making that up. I believe it because there are a lot of criticisms or of at least the original version that was kind of incomplete that only had about 100 pages, even though he said it had 250. I had I discovered that bad actually, writing, uh, misspelling. It's, it's very bad writing. It, yeah. It's, 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 uh, it's duplicate pages. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's grade school at best. Yeah. Now he, he wanted to make sure that he, when he reprinted it in 2013, he did want to make sure that it was presented in, quote, a simple fourth grade style. Well, he succeeded. Yeah, I guess. So that, because, I guess. because the writing is, uh, in fact, fourth grade. Yeah. I'll give him sixth grade. <laughs> it's bad. It's, it's badly. I, it kind of makes me want to get my divinity degree from the same school <laughs> because I yeah. could easily. We, Most in of fact, the we could all be. Uh, PhDs. Yes. <laughs> PhD. Apparently, every place that he's gone to is pretty much been accused of being a diploma mill. Really? And and that's even for like Bible colleges, kind of diploma mill type stuff. Um, he's he's done several things. Like he started the organization Creation Science Evangelism back in 1991. He also, um, I'm not entirely sure what this is, but it's called Dinosaur Adventureland. And apparently it was kind of in his backyard and had, like, some jungle gyms, some papier-mâché dinosaurs that were badly constructed. Was and he, he never 12 at the time? I, no, no, this was in 2001. And apparently he never, I mean, it, it was called, like, a park or something. He never asked for a permit to build what buildings are on this land. Yeah. Um, so basically he was attracting little kids to his house? Yep. And he's in jail yeah. for tax fraud. Yes, pretty much. Uh, there, <laughs> as far as I know, there haven't been any uh, pedophilia charges against him at all. So it's not, it's not like he was supposed to go down for something else, right? And, and went down for tax fraud, like right. um, and, um, and, Scarface uh, dude, or right. And I want to make it clear that just someone inviting kids to the house doesn't necessarily make them <laughs> pedophilia. Yeah, it because... just makes them an asshole. Well, for, because for he's his, trying to indoctrinate them. His to, particular yeah. reason for doing so. Yes, yes I agree with that. Um, you know, there are things like in 2007, he was finally convicted of this tax stuff because he hadn't filed for years. He's he's one of those conspiracy theorists who doesn't think that the government, uh, despite the whole do unto Caesar kind of stuff. Render unto Caesar. Render yeah. unto yeah, Caesar. Do unto Caesar as Caesar <laughs> would do unto you. Ah. <laughs> yeah, I, I combined my biblical metaphors there. Uh, despite the render unto Caesar stuff. Um, he doesn't believe that the U.S. government has the legal right to collect taxes. No, that's because uh, in spite of the other evangelicals thinking that the United States is divinely inspired, um, yeah. in his world, it's not. Well, there are a lot of stuff like um, he's quoted many times about saying things like uh, democracy is not – God given or something like that, and yeah. democracy just it's leads not to biblical, which it's not like D Darwinism leads to democracy, which leads to monarchies and and 
one world governments and which doesn't make any sense because that's exactly he wants the one world government Nope. And a monarchy. Uh, not, re- I mean, he's he's <laughs> he's one of those people who believes that like everybody's going to be implanted with a microchip, and that's going to yeah. be the sign of the beast. You're not going to be able to buy or sell without this microchip. Ironically, when he gets out of jail, <laughs> <laughs> he's he going to be on probation for a may, few years. He, he yeah. may well be wearing an ankle yeah. bracelet. And when I was when I was reading through on this, I thought about the NP- there was a, a bit on NPR recently about how um, all the all the credit card stuff that was stolen from Target recently, mm-hmm. that some of that might have been abated if the United States did credit cards like the like Europe does and Canada right. does, where they have a microchip and a pin that you also have to use for your credit card, not just debit cards. Yeah. So I was wondering, well, would he not want to use that credit card because it's a chip that you can't buy or sell with without? Yeah. So definitely kind of a 9-11 truther um, – the Oklahoma City bombings was just something to so that the the one world government could pr- push their own laws, all this kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, definitely a big conspiracy theorist on a whole bunch of lo- a bunch of stuff. Hmm. But he decided that he didn't have to pay taxes, but also he would shuffle around money so that um, like when he was finally convicted, nothing was in his name. Everything was in his son's name, who is his son. I think it's Eric Hovind yeah. is now running Creation Science Evangelism, and and they've been they've been having a hard time of it every month for the last three years because apparently he's always sending out how the evil atheists are destroying his oh yeah his ministry yes and 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 basically all the a lot of their land has been seized and they've been they've done appeal after appeal after appeal. And, you know, none of the stuff that he is appealing ever came up in the trial, so it's not like you can say his lawyer fucked him. Yeah. It was it was never brought up in the first place. And a lot of the, well, you don't have a right to collect taxes, so I want this acquitted. No, we do, so fuck you. Yeah. Uh, that kind of uh, ranty stuff. Yeah. Um, although, so, although, going back to his son, just real quick. Go ahead. Who, who, whoever does his, his videos and stuff, they do a pretty good job with the special effects. Mm-hmm. So... You you can you can use technology <laughs> and not believe in the science behind it and yeah. still uh, use it to good effect. And apparently kind of there was some um, controversy several years back about um, the Rational Response Squad using some footage from the CSE videos, but on their website CSE had said none of this is copyrighted. Everything can be used because yeah. they want to disseminate all this creation science stuff. But when RSS used it. The the basically creation science people sued them for you well sued them for they, copyright they complained to YouTube oh for copyright right. infringement the, uh, and they, RSS got taken down yeah the Millennium Act which yeah is stuff like that so being abused so stuff like the hiding of the money to try to not pay taxes and also the copyright stuff DCMA digital, yeah DCMA oh, sorry, DMCA, DMCA Digital Millennium Copyright right. Act all that stuff shows that they really know what they're doing. They do know that they're trying; they're breaking the law, and they're trying to get around it, and using yeah. laws like DMCA to punish their critics and stuff like that. Sure. So, uh, yeah, just an all-round, not like you know, not the worst person in the entire world, because he's. Well, he's not, yeah. I mean, he's trying to spread stupid creationism, and he's been involved in like local laws to try to make 
uh, teach the controversy part of state law for education and that sort of stuff. And people listen to him like they listen to David Barton. Yeah. But, I mean, not actually evil, like hurting people on purpose evil. So just kind of an icky person as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, he is sort of a petty criminal yeah who who happened to use the technology to make his his fortune a little bit mm-hmm. larger had 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 there not been been the digital age he'd probably just be one of those local street preacher kind of guys just mm-hmm. kind of scamming people maybe going from city to city Snake yeah oil. he'd be like steve martin from a uh, leap of faith sure kind of just going from town to town having his revival kind of yeah. thing yeah uh, one last thing I'll mention on this is um, the Hovens had their own version of the, um, like, James Randi's A Million Dollar Challenge. They have a $250,000 challenge Ooh. of anyone who can give empirical evidence for evolution. But they have to demonstrate that evolution is nothing more than a religious belief, and they have to disprove these five events that they say must have happened with God. One, time, space, and matter came into existence by themselves, nothing to do with evolution. Planets and stars formed from space dust, nothing to do with evolution. Matter created life by itself, technically not to do with evolution. It has to do with creation of life, which is not what evolution talks about. Abiogenesis or biogenesis. Early life forms learned to reproduce themselves. Learned? Learned. Yes. So So one... I I think they teach that... Over at the local community college. Yeah, not, doesn't understand how life works, because if something is alive and it doesn't reproduce, it's not alive anymore. It, it, it stops. So it either learns to, either it can it. reproduce immediately, or it's it stops. So it, it's an all or nothing thing. It's not like some something learned over a lifetime how to do it. Okay. Um, uh, I, I, yeah. I see where you're going with that. Right. I'm not, I, I'm I not have, phrasing it correctly. Right, because right, I was going to say... Dogs, cats, humans are not immediately able to reproduce. We have that. I haven't uh, reproduced yet, and I'm still alive. <laughs> I'm talking more about like single single cellular life billions of years ago. Ah, okay. That as soon as it it came about, it came about because it could replicate DNA, which allowed for replication right. and reproducing. Okay. To, for further versions. or RNA. Yes. One of those. One of those things. That we don't know, and and as people who hold to evolution as being probably almost certainly true, we don't know how life began, and we're not claiming we do know, but that's a little soapbox for me. Number five uh, of the tenets of evolution that we're supposed to prove, apparently, is that major changes occurred between diverse life forms, essentially the idea of the, macroevolution versus microevolution. The crocoduck. Yeah. That yeah, that kind of thing. I mean, it, Hovind has proven time and time again in debates and stuff like that that he doesn't actually understand what evolution means because he has said things like the, that humans apparently evolved from rocks or bananas or yeah. just inanimate life forms became life, and that's what evolution says. He's kind of strawmanning it. There. Well, yeah, but all of all of them do that. Yeah. They 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 know their base, and they know that it's easier to to do that than actually learn something and figure out what <laughs> it means. Yep. 
but you know you wouldn't be surprised for someone who has four or five degrees from unaccredited Bible colleges that they don't quite understand the the full science or even just basic ideas of what evolution really says. Yeah, but speak about evolving. It'd be really nice if I could evolve. You know, fi figure out an immunity to say uh, this latest cedar attack that we're having here in in South Te South Central Texas. You're just a bad mutant. I think mm -hmm. I think so. I think well, so. You'd make a crappy X-Man. <laughs> Allergy man! That's right. Yeah, well, I might scare some of the petty criminals uh, by, uh, you know, snotting on them. <laughs> oh, God, I give up. Oh. My atomic sneeze will get you. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, if you didn't catch that, uh, <laughs> South Central Texas is in the midst of the, the cedar season when all of the cedar trees uh release all of their pollen so they can uh, procreate and have more and better cedar all over uh the south central texas it's cedar area. tree yeah. sexy time yeah and yep. uh, this year it's actually pretty bad because it's one of the worst years do a search on youtube or go google it uh because there's some it looks like there's fire like it's a forest fire or a ground fire and it's just it's pollen, pollen. Just right. being released. It's really, it's foggy. It's really gross. And so I am one of those people that so tends to su suffer from cedar. Not as bad as a lot of people if I get enough sleep, but like today I didn't. So I'm just, <laughs> you know, and it, like right now I'm fine, but in about five minutes I may just sneeze uncontrollably for <laughs> for a couple of seconds and then I'll be fine. And everybody has their different reactions to cedar. Yeah. Some are more than others. Some... It's more of a runny nose. Some people, it's the watery eyes. It's different reactions. Yeah. And, of course, everybody has their own personal regimen, whether it's science-based or, oh, my God, you're crazy-based. Yeah. So well, Ken, Ken's five. One of our, our local CBS station yes. basically went out and asked people, how do you treat cedar fever? On Facebook. And, oh, boy, did the crazy come out. Cedar fever, that's the name of our next song challenge. Is it? <laughs> it should know. be right now. We should probably do away with the other one. <laughs> <laughs> Cedar fever. I don't know. <laughs> so they run it. They've got a nice little slideshow where they talk about, you know, what people have suggested. The very first slide is lavender oil in the nostrils and on the palms. Yeah, it does sound like a song, though. Lavender oil at my nostrils and put some in my palms and held in front of my wide open eyes. <laughs> okay. It's a love song to Cedar. Sure, love is exactly what I was thinking of as you shuddered yeah. there at the end. <laughs> so, Ken's Five actually posted two different ones. The first time I saw it earlier in the morning, and they had 15 ways to beat cedar fever. And they actually had 18 when they posted. <laughs> and then it went up to 24, which is, I guess, the, the latest amount. And they're all pretty... Eh. They're, they're, they're mostly folk remedies. And so I responded... I don't respond often to Ken's Five stuff, but I'll respond like the big Bigfoot and the UFO ones. And so this one, I, I responded, quote, Yay, folk remedies and anecdotal evidence, in quotes. I personally stab myself in the eyes with a number two pencil whose tip has been blunted by writing, Homeopathy works because of quantum 100 times. 
backwards. Works great, but it may be because my pain receptors are distracted by a larger problem than the cedar effects. End quote. <laughs> so just a little bit of snark. It was quite snarky, but I got uh, a couple of likes on it. So. Yeah. Oh, that's good. <laughs> so do we know if lavender oil actually has any sort of effect on allergies? No. No. <laughs> no, in other words, no, we, we don't we know. don't know, or it okay. doesn't. I didn't get to looking this one up because I spent a lot of time looking up some of our. Oh, some of the other ones are some much of the more other fun. ones are much more fun. Yeah, so. well, I mean, lavender oil is a, is like a lot of one of those ones where it's essential oils that people think because it's natural, it's going to be yeah. good for you. It's going to smell good, so because it's your nose problem, it's going to get better. That's why I liked number two, which was really awesome, which was, I'm using my essential oils to help my symptoms on top of my allergy shots this year. It's like, yeah, it's probably the allergy shots. Right. And that's, you know, I was like, you know, good for you. Glad, glad to hear you're at least taking the allergy shots. Number three is local honey. Raw local, local honey. honey. I don't, how is honey not raw? I, thought I would honey do was... assume like pasteurized versus oh, or, okay. or filtered filtered so yeah you can't it doesn't have I dead think, bees in it yeah well i think i think you can um well like you said pastor yeah, i think you can heat it up a little bit okay and then it, it kind of removes you, you can process it okay okay you can't you can remove some of the pollens and stuff like that and one of the problems i i remember from about a year or two years ago is that there was a lot of honey coming into the country uh, uh, that was not pure honey. Okay. So they were calling it 100% pure honey, but they're actually putting like corn syrup sure. and some other okay, crap so in there. Okay, so it's mixed and adulterated. Yeah. And that's just being an asshole about your honey. Right. Yeah. But the but love the idea that it has to be raw and local. Right. And and the whole idea behind the local thing kind of makes a little bit of sense in a homeopathy. It's that grain way. of truth that is that grain of cedar getting into your nose, making you sneeze. Right. Uh, because what they're saying is if you ingest the allergens, it'll, uh, your body will build up an immunity to them. However, you're always ingesting the allergens. Right. Uh, and so I don't understand why having it in honey allows it to be broken down anyway. Because if, if I'm just sitting here and I have a bowl of cereal and I'm having an allergy attack, that means that the spores or whatever is causing the problem is in my house. Right. And therefore it's getting on my food and therefore I'm ingesting it. So why necessarily honey? To a certain extent saying that if you have the honey with the local pollen that was processed by the bees in it and eating that. Oh, maybe it's that, from the bee vomit. Cause that's sure. what, that's what your, that's what your honey it is. is. <laughs> but I, I thought the idea of that it was local because it, it was based on the local flowers and, well, that's what and I'm all saying. that kind yeah, of stuff. Exactly. That's kind of like saying that if you can't be in the same room as a peanut, your peanut allergy is that bad that eating a peanut will make you better. Which won't happen. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> as Donna can attest. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, my favorite one, the next one is a product called Cedar X. Well, it's got the name Cedar in it. It must work. And it has X, which is the cartoon I'm... version of something being killed. Like on the right. Eyes. And, and and any good drug worth its salt nowadays, whether or not it has salt or not, has to have an X or a Z in it Yeah, somewhere. it should be called Cedar Extreme, but 
I guess Cedar X is like, this is before the extreme stuff came out. Yeah. Anyway, right. continue. So Sorry. Cedar X is, and this is from their website, a blend of natural and organic essential oils, including a small amount of cedar. I'm sold. Simply apply <laughs> one drop topically on the skin every four hours as needed to take care of your cedar allergy the natural way. Our customers report symptoms free within 30 minutes. That's impressive, considering they they don't really tell you where to put it on your skin. But yeah, like I mean, do you put it on like perfume, like you know, the wrists or behind the ears? Because one would or... assume it would take a while for it to get from a wrist or on your feet, which they do tell you to do when you sleep. Or you're a small child. Yeah. Um, so you don't lick it off, I guess. But that, that's one of the things is they also say that on their FAQ, how does it work? Well, and this is a quote. Cedar X is applied topically on your skin and goes into your bloodstream just like all the other products that you put on your skin. Um, and I'll just minute. stop right there uh, because the rest of it is just, you know, when applied is directed and, and in the 30 minutes. But really, everything you put on your skin goes into your bloodstream? Some Some things do. Some medications are, like, topically based and they sink in. But it, it must depend on the chemical composition and yeah. whether it kind of be absorbed and actually get down to the bloodstream. Yeah. Because so... if you've got like big particles that are in, say, your sunscreen that is supposed to stay on the surface, that's not protecting you from the sun because it's being absorbed into your blood. <laughs> right. I'm UV man! <laughs> I, and, and it's interesting that this is saying that this Cedar X essential oil stuff also has traces of cedar in it, which is like I was saying earlier of, oh, because you have a, a peanut allergy, you would ha should have some peanuts. That doesn't make a lot of sense, but it may just be a homeopathic level of cedar in yeah. this essential well, this, oil mix. this is – and I don't know. Maybe I am confused here because – I'm not. I'm not a plant or tree person. I don't understand. I'm not a plant or I don't, tree either. I don't blame you for being confused because all this kind of right. wooey stuff is very so, confusing. This is what it says. It was specially formulated 12 years ago by a registered aromatherapist, Kim Crost. Red flag. Aromatherapist. <laughs> red flag. Keep to going. combat the extreme reactions people have to cedar pollen from local juniper plants. Okay. Cedar pollen from juniper plants. Are are they related? I looked it up on Wikipedia. It says some junipers are given the common name cedar, including Juniperus virginiana, the red cedar that is widely used in cedar drawers. Eastern red cedar is the correct name for Juniperus virginiana. The lack of space between the words red and cedar indicate that this species is not a true cedar cedrus. So juniper is not cedar. Huh. Except when it is. Except for cedar X. <laughs> well, that's good. So yay placebo effect. Yeah, yeah, I think that's mostly what it, I mean, that's probably all the lavender essential oils, cedar X kind of stuff. Probably. What but... makes me miss this, though, what I loved about this is that it showed me the Integrative Healing Institute, which is a health and wellness center here in San Antonio. And it made me miss Dave and the, you know, Holistic Chamber of Commerce <laughs> because I started reading this shit and I was just like, there, okay, 
I went from face palming to just like beating my head against a wall. Okay. <laughs> yes, because since Dave left, we have never been snarky about anything woo based at all. Yeah, but it was this whole <laughs> no, it was the whole the Integrative Healing Institute. Yes, yes. Yeah, it was. It's very holistic chamber of commercey. Very much, you know, we're pretending like we actually are a real thing by throwing a lot of word diarrhea out there to try to confuse you into thinking, yes, this is. This is, we are going to help you out because we know exactly what we're talking about because we have quantum in the name of our institute. Sure, and Cedar X apparently is good both for humans and for animals. So that's that's good, you know, because they are affected exactly the same. Exactly. <laughs> but for babies, you put it on their feet so they can't lick it. and Well, animals can lick almost everywhere. Yeah, but, but babies can put their feet, feet in their mouth. mouths. <laughs> that's true. Pretty maybe sure it's non-toxic, maybe on the though. heels of their mouth, their their feet. No, they feet. say put it through yeah, between the toes. Between the toes, like yeah. up by the where your toes meet your your pants. ball of the foot. Okay. Because apparently that is the reflexology point for oh, sinuses. Okay, because so we know it's real. I'm sold. So yeah, because I was gonna say th- I was gonna say if you want your baby not to be able to touch it and lick it, put it on their back, and then sip, <laughs> sing them soft kitty, warm kitty. Shall we all? No, we won't. No, no, we've 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 reached our quota for singing of this show already. Um, so are there are there any other other good yeah, goodens? I think we think we've killed the Cedar X one. Yeah, right. don't eat beef or beef products during Cedar season. That's a weird one. I won't cure, but it'll help. But but How? why? What does beef have to do with cedar? I mean, it's not a good thing ha, to because beef. you won't get any beef from cedar. Ha ha! I won't give you any beef. Never mind. As in, like, I have a beef with you. Yes. That's where you're going with that one? That's where I went with that. Okay. <laughs> Not very far. <laughs> well, what are some of the other wooey ones so there, that got on the list? Well, hold on. There were some, some common sense ones. Obviously, allergy meds, afrin, mucinics. You know, the, Claritin, the standard Allegra. Fare, the standard fare of over-the-counter allergy medications, colds, right. stuff. With, with one weird thing is that some of these... Um, some of these suggestions from people on Facebook were saying, well, I take Claritin and I also take Allegra. And they're saying, no, make sure you combine these medications. Not a good idea. Because they don't, they work differently. So it's like, oh, you got to take all this stuff. Well, they might have interactions or it, well, they, they say, each one may make you drowsy. Yeah, they, they say on, on the bottles, because actually I, I used to take – Lots of different ones. It's like if yeah. you're taking a 24 hour, they say don't take anything else. Yeah, there's yeah. there's one person whose list is Zyrtec, Mucinex, Nasonex, OTC, Tylenol, or Motrin for swelling and tons of water. It's like they are ingesting <laughs> a pharmacy. That is not good for you. And that's actual like over the counter medicines that might actually do something because they have a chemical effect in you, as opposed to Cedar X, where you're just kind of wishing and hoping. No. Right, but they have also somebody suggested Theraflu. What? Which is not for allergies. Basically, that's... they're saying get high. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But there were two other products that they specifically talked about. One is this X-Lear, X-Clear. And it's a nasal spray. And the best way to describe it is it's sugar water. <laughs> okay. Well, is it sugar water or salt water? Because saline solution would be salt it water. It is xylitol which is a sweetener okay and saline 
that soothes and moisturizes the sinus and nasal passages. So it's kind of like um, oh, it's a it's those, a nasal spray though. You're not taking it internally. It's kind of like those placebo asthma inhalers that they'll give some kids if they don't really have asthma. Ah. That just tastes like medicine, but it doesn't have any actual medicine in it. Right. So maybe that's what the sweetener is for. But but because it's you're kind of what you're doing with that is you're kind of rinsing out the nose. Right. Which will give you temporary relief, as I know, but you know. With with how much pollen's in the air, it's it's very temporary. One one of the people on the list suggests using a neti pot, which is exactly what that is. It's yeah. rinsing out your sinuses with water, but they don't include the disclaimer that you have to use um, sterile water, sterile water, or distilled water, or boiled water. Just Eat, not yeah, it, just plain old tap water because. Not in every case, but it is very easy for you to get an amoebic infection that way. (laughs) And die, literally. Yes. So, yeah, there's a lot of scary kind of no disclaimer talk about – I mean, these are all based on Facebook posts. So you get some weird, horrible grammar and the lack of the Oxford comma and all sorts of fun stuff like that. Also because they're Facebook – they may have been edited for, for brevity. So someone may by have the writer caveats. and or by Ken's five, yeah. right? And then there is one other product that I I, I love this one. It's called Bioallers, and it's a line of homeopathic medicines. Woohoo! Because okay. they all have important differences. Right. So what, they, they have to snort them. They state that their products are designed to work for the treatment of allergies found in all regions of the United States, making them not only very comprehensive, but also very specific for the individual patient and where they live. Yeah, I actually, a long time ago, I tried that stuff. doesn't work. Right. At least not for me. And Maybe it'll work for you. And so I, I did actually look up their cornucopia of product that they put into the pills and you know it's like adrenaline times six that would be the like, six times dilution six times dilution yep it's well hold on i think oh wait that may be there's six, c like... there's there's c and there's x and i can't remember which one is like x is a hundred c's or yeah. something like that yeah that's right yeah, yeah. yes yeah, right so, so yeah, that may is... be that's like not even a molecule left right not even a hint Red onion, um, arsenic iodide, eyebright, cevadilla seed, silica, ragweed, silica. mugwort, daisy, mugwort. Oh, mustard, no, worm seed, histamine, a generic histamine. Not an antihistamine. So it, it seems to be a generic kind of anything that could cause people to have any sort of allergic reaction, discounting the fact that Everybody has different reactions to different allergens. I mean, I just have asthma, so for me, it's just dust and dander. So the cedar stuff doesn't really get to me. But get me around a cat, and oh, I'm cold, totally fucked up. But you two are fine, because we act to different things. So putting right. in dander in an allergy medicine, medicine, even a homeopathic thing where the cause is supposed to make you better, it's not necessarily going to do that for everybody. Yeah. Right, because according to BioAllers... Homeopathic drugs have no side effects. That's nothing in them. But I, right. I will say, if, oh. if, if this is the same thing that I used a long time ago, or tried, I should say. Before you were smart. Yeah, before I really got into skeptics. Well, actually, I will say I was, I was skeptical at the time, and so that's why I tried it. But it was worth a shot. Yeah. Uh, you were experience. desperate. <laughs> yeah. 
And if I recall correctly, you're supposed to you actually take that internally. You put it under your tongue, and you're supposed to hold it there, and that's how it's supposed to get into your. And it, and it has it has a very medicine-y kind of I'm doing something type of taste. Uh-huh. So it's not just water. There is something in there, and I don't know it, but something acidic. I, I've got to read you the rest of this little blurb, though. It says, they only work if they are needed, following the 200-year-old principle of curing like with like. One the histamine. <laughs> a similar idea to inoculation. Ah, yeah. Vendors who carry bioallergy say it brings relief in two ways. One, short-term symptom relief through stimulation of the body's natural healing processes. Two, the very small dose of the specific allergens placed into the bloodstream builds resistance, actually strengthening the body's natural defenses. Yep, and the um, ability of the mind to find meaning where there is none. Right, and not understanding that an allergic reaction is actually an immune response, an overactive immune response to whatever substance you're taking in. So it's it's a bad immune response. So giving you that immune activator is going to cause a problem, unlike with a vaccine, where you're trying to give it a dead response just so it recognizes it and knows to attack it later. Right. So, yeah, they don't understand vaccines or, you know, regular medicine. Now, there was one that I, I, I just I thought was really kind of weird. The Vicks or Vaseline under the nose to catch the pollen. <laughs> Why not just put honey under the nose? Well, I mean, essentially, <laughs> I, I could understand rubbing Vicks or Vaseline in your nose as just another physical mucal No, you bat, don't want to do that. That'll like dry, barrier. That, in fact, I believe that Vicks says not, specifically not okay. to put it in your nose. Well, yeah, because that's right. got like you the alcohol it. in it. Yeah. But maybe Vaseline can serve... As a barrier. Vaseline might. Yeah. Uh, I can tell you. You'd look like icky, but. Well, you, yeah, you'd have just as much music, mucus running out. <laughs> I can tell you this. There is one time that you put Vicks under your nose, and that is if you're going to a really old and really smelly crime scene. Yeah, under your nose. But <laughs> under, uh, some, someone not, said in. Someone said right. in, yeah. in, the no, in the nostril. But, I mean, there were some other ones like replacing your air filter in your heat pump air conditioner that's a really good idea but in that particular one and you should be doing it anyways yes i i I do it on a regular basis but in that particular one it was kind of creepy yeah i kind of read it a different way than donna did yeah because all of these questions were all about what do you do to cure your allergy and this one is phrased number one replace your air filter with the best one you can buy so to me, that implies that someone in, someone is coming into my house and replacing it for me without my knowledge, and that's just kind of creepy. Except for the fact that they're saying number one comes in and replaces the air filter, so it's Jonathan Frakes. So maybe it's okay. You get to meet, you know, Riker and ask him no, I think, what it was I like. I think to in have this case, he's more like Troy Santa Claus, and... except he would be Cedar Claus. Oh boy. <laughs> And my personal favorite of all of these was number 16. I alkalize, detoxify, and balance by drinking greens every day. I balance on my foot. Haven't had any allergy issues this season for the first time in over five years. I love that. (laughs) This season in over five years. (laughs) That doesn't even make any sense. Well, they just discovered to do all these things. All together, without any controls or placebo tests, 
all at once means they automatically get better. And I'm, I'm, I've known some people who have said that after like they got sinus surgery to correct some physical default, for some reason they stopped having allergy problems. Hmm. So, That's you know, sometimes something random just stops. Sometimes the body stops reacting to something. Yeah. I, more of the more of the time, it's like you grow out of something when from puberty yeah, or but whatever. In but allergies, you can grow out of allergies, and then you can also uh, gain uh, an allergy to yeah. something, which is actually, as far as I know, how the cedar works. Because for a good four years, I think I didn't have a problem with cedar. In like the fifth year, is like it killed me. I'm sorry, so, I'm sorry, Gary. No worries. So yeah, a, a lot of wooey stuff that people just are saying anecdotes. It must work for me. It's probably placebo, and you know some actual drugs. I mean, there's some people who just say that they're like Zyrtec D does everything. It's perfect. It works wonders, and that's all they said. Okay. Well, okay, Wait for fine. <laughs> and 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 medicines like that have gotten to be medicines over the counter because someone proved they actually work. As opposed to raw honey, which is just a like a folktale, or, or Zycam, like I think, which was a homeopathic one, right? Right, that yeah. ruined people's sense, <laughs> sense of smell because it had t- zinc in it, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. one wonders if if you ruin your sense of smell, does that affect your immune response and therefore your allergies? Probably not. I I doubt, I doubt it, but well, if it if it destroys the receptor, I don't know. Again, speculation. Gary doesn't know what he's talking about. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> ah. Anyway, um, I think we've I think we've killed that uh, as much <laughs> as much as it's killing me. Yeah. But hey, 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 Greg, Donna, check this out. Look at me. Close your eyes. Look at me again. You see a change? No. No. None I, I didn't. I didn't actually change. Hold on. Close your eyes. Ah. Now do you see a change? Yeah, no glasses. Because you're holding them in your hand, and we heard the rattle, rattle, rattle of the glasses. <laughs> Shh. <laughs> so you know how it's no, annoying I... when, when one of your friends comes up to you, and it's usually a female, and she goes, notice anything different? And you're like, uh, first thing to say if that happens is, get a haircut? <laughs> <laughs> one of the things that has been studied a lot in psychology is how – how our attention works for details and changes. Cause there's some ideas of like the lion in the bush of, um, if you see the lion and you assume that it's a lion, you know, all that kind of evolutionary psychology stuff. And there's been research showing that we do notice things, but it, it we really haven't gotten down to the details of how good we are at noticing changes in our environment. Cause there's a lot of talk of, well, we have this kind of, you know, um, situational statistics where we just kind of our brain stores a general survey of what we're seeing, and then based on the environment and the context, we can notice differences. Right. Well, it's been shown that we key on differences. So, like, if if there's a constant sound, we will actually filter that out, and then when there's a change, we tend to notice that. Right. Now, what this study was trying to really get into is how good are we as humans at noticing that there was a change, even if we can't verbalize what that change is. Okay. So the way I found out about this article was that io9, the kind of 
fun pop sciencey website um, had a story talking about this study saying, breaking, ESP is still bullshit, say scientists. <laughs> so the idea of, well, a lot of people think that they know what's going on and they think, oh, it's just my sixth sense. I know what's really I, – <laughs> I, I don't know if something's wrong, but um, I just feel something's weird or whatever. I can't mm. I can't tell you what, you know what's going on, and and then they'll use confirmation bias to say, see something changed, and 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 that means I have ESP. Right. Well, what this the study wasn't really dealing with ESP at all, but it was saying, all right, do humans notice changes even if they can't identify what it is? So they had a pretty simple set up where they said they have a face of a woman held up for one and a half seconds and then a one second gap and then the face of the same woman possibly with some aspect changed and possibly no aspect and then after the second photo they they asked the subject was there a change and if they said yes and they said okay what of these nine possibilities was the thing that was changed so whether they they could see was the person wearing a hat now that they weren't wearing wearing a hat before, mm-hmm. and then all right, did they get it right? So to see, all right, was it, it was it just a single change each time, or they changed just things? one single change? And some of it was really subtle stuff like eyeshadow or um, eyeliner or something. Right, well, right. subtle for guys like me who don't notice makeup very well. Sometimes it was is she wearing glasses or not, right. or a hat or not, that sort of thing. So. Some of those changes were subtle. Some of them were pretty obvious if you see the two pictures next to each other. And what they found in controlling for things like, well, were they, did they guess when there was no change or, and all that kind of stuff to guess for, to control for if they were guessing or not. They found that statistically significantly enough times that people were able to notice that there was a change in the picture, even if they weren't right about what was changed. Hmm. And that, and they did a couple other confirmations um, experiments on that same theme of inverting the picture because humans are really good at looking at faces right. and identifying, you know, the eyes, nose, mouth, the whole thing. But if you invert it, it doesn't look as much like a face. So it has all the same elements. Right, but it's also there's also that weird thing which had nothing to do with the study, where if you invert a face and you make it and it's a smiling face, they won't necessarily recognize the smiling face. But if you turn the the smile upside down, they'll think it's a smiling face. But right. then when you actually reinvert it and they show that it's a frown. Uh, you and it's a creepy, like, weird frown. Yeah, kind of an optical illusion. How our yeah. brains play tricks yes. on us. And, and and so that they could show, yes, we still notice these differences, even if it's not e- an actual recognizable face. And then they did a couple more experiments with just circles of color and showing that if you changed the statistics of red versus green, the proportions of it, so it was... So su- you subtly changed the color. Yes. And it was an array of circles. Mm-hmm. So they were pointing to which one changed to get that accuracy, yes or no. Ah, okay. But also the first experiment was they changed a few circles from red to green or from green to red so that it vastly changed the proportion from like 60 green versus 40% red to another proportion. Yeah. So you could see that there was a difference. 
And then the second experiment in the same way, they had a bunch of rectangles and they would just, and half, and the rectangles were half green, half red, and they just flipped the half green, half red. So there was the same proportion of green versus red. But, but like did a, you notice that there was a change? Right. So say half half of the square, the upper half was was red and the lower half was green, and then they inverted that? Exactly. Okay. To say, all right, did you notice a change? And then which of these arrays of rectangles is the one that was changed? And then if they guessed right, that means that they were they were spot on and they knew that there was the change. But still, statistically, significantly enough, people noticed that there was some change even if you just flipped a tile, mm -hmm. just like if you saw a face. So that shows just how how much processing goes, do, goes on in the deep levels of our brain that we're just not conscious of. Would you call that the unconscious part of the brain? Pretty much. I mean, you know, part of me thinks of the just instinctive reactions of like worms and invertebrates just to bright lights or colors that they'll see something and instantly react, mm. even though they're not cognitively processing it at the, any sort of um, cerebral level of, oh, that's a puppy versus a bright light coming to kill me or something like that. Sure. Well, I mean, it's like, again, being in an environment that you're very familiar with, mm -hmm. uh, especially auditorily, for example, you know, like it, like listening to, to your engine in the car, if you're a mechanic and you like listening to your car's engine, and then you notice something is slightly out of whack. Mm -hmm. You might not notice it, you might not immediately recognize that something's wrong or something specific's mm -hmm. wrong, but be like, something's changed. And then you can pinpoint that. And and the same is true even just of your own car. Yeah. It right. feels wrong. It's driving weird. And then you get it to the 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 place and they say, oh, your tire's out of balance. You yep. were right. Yep. That'll be $120. <laughs> but um, it's an interesting study, even though it it was a small amount of participants. They only had 10 subjects per experiment. Ah. But they ran 140 of these scenarios each time. So 40 of them were essentially the placebo controls of nothing changed. And a hundred of them, there was some change for them to identify, whether it's the circles, the rectangles or the faces. Yeah. And, and it's one of those things that every time someone comes to you and says, you know, I was thinking of uncle Bobby and uncle Bobby called, I must be psychic. It's, it's like that effect of you're just remembering the hits Versus right. the misses, it's another step of understanding just how weird our brains work and how much agency we assign to random events and subconscious events. Right. Although, to be fair, as we've you've certainly said previously on the podcast, it's really how weird uh, psychology students' brains work. <laughs> <laughs> Undergraduate students. Well, that's true, but I, I think some of the subjects in these um in these studies were up until like their 40s or 30s or something oh, okay. like that so it may have, that would that would change a little bit. it wouldn't it may have been people just um what's the um when you take a class but you're not taking it um, auditing auditing a class so maybe it's some older people doing that but yes i mean it's it's a smallish study but the 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 graphs where they showed kind of what you would expect mathematically based on guessing just kind of one way or the other of yes, there was a change. Mm -hmm. They factored in that and showed that all the results for these 10 people were above that line to say, 
if you kind of guessed it would be 50-50 and they showed without without fail in all four of these different conditions, plucking out different details to make sure that, you know, the face is a very natural environment. So it's good to see how people work with actual faces. But even though they randomly controlled what was changed and even in the, the, the scenarios where the woman's face didn't have a change to it, so no glasses on glasses, whatever, they still had the model move between shots, so it would be a natural pose. And then in other scenarios, they took out the color circles to make it so it was a lot more controlled than a face, and so on and so on and so on. That you had all these different scenarios to show that, yes, there's a significant effect, and even though it's a small sample, it's pretty clear that there's, it's not a lot of random sampling. So it's just one more step showing just how bad we are at knowing actually how our brains work, that we are not VCRs automatically recording anything. And unfortunately, I just dated myself there saying VCRs instead of like... Um, DVRs? DVRs or something like that. So sorry, young folks. <laughs> <laughs> I can't talk like the kids do these days. So Yahoo and 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 Scoopoopadoo. Okay. <laughs> well, welcome to the thirties. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Donna, do you have anything to include on that? No. No. Okay. He kind of covered. He it. really covered it all, and I mean, I I read the the abstract, and I read most of the article. I really have nothing to add. It's neat science, and I, you know, as has been pointed out several times, even recently, I like psychology. I find it interesting how actual people work. Gee, is that why you got a degree in it? Well, I have a bachelor's, I mean. All right. So, psychology. Psychology. Always a fun topic. But I think that kind of... Judging by the laughs I got out of you two during that last segment, yes, indeedy. Yeah. Well, you kind of went through the study with uh, not, not, too many, not too many asides. <laughs> I see. I mean, they didn't really write it up hilariously. <laughs> well, the io9 thing was kind of snarky about people uh, with ESP. ESP and, yeah. yeah. So, what did we learn this week? We learned that sitting in the room can cause you to have random unnamed friends suddenly show up and have sex in your apartment, and that you can make a hilariously bad film for the low cost of $6 million. We learned that Kent Hovind is intelligently designed, but, alas, is not that intelligent. And Hello. can't particularly design a dinosaur park. Yeah, uh, nor a master's or PhD thesis. <laughs> Hello, my name is Kent Hovind. We learned that lavender, with few exceptions, is not cedar, and that just because something tastes like medicine doesn't mean it is. There you go. We learned that our perception to change is amazing, except when it really counts. And has to do with gorillas. Exactly. Look up the, the gorilla test. So I think that concludes this segment, this episode, this epic meeting. <laughs> okay, your allergies are getting to you something fierce. Yeah. I think that uh, that concludes this episode of the Skeptic Wire. So I'd like to thank Greg and Donna for once again traversing across San Antonio to uh, meet at the at my house to record. And I'll thank Gary and Donna. 
And I'll thank Greg and Gary. Those guys. Yay. And, of course, Misi and Kelly. And thank uh, your listener. That was Dear good, listener. Yes. For listening. And maybe making a little sock puppets and uh, that go along and pretending that you're actually recording with us. You weirdos. <laughs> okay. You can't get through one fucking episode while trying to alienate listeners, can you, Gary? No, I, I think I think they're humans. I don't think they're aliens at all. I certainly wouldn't eat them. Well, that'll, that'll, pss, that'll, uh, <laughs> that'll be a why, problem. Why, why are you putting the alienation uh, on on me? I mean, you do a pretty good job of it yourself, you know. They love me. Uh, do you have any evidence to support that? <laughs> Last time I went to TAM, at least two people came up to me saying that they listened to the show and wanted a button. Ah, and that they loved you. Not so much, but the fact that they came <laughs> up to me at all means that they like me enough to say, I'm going to actually talk to this person, as opposed to, oh, no, he's alienating me. I'm not going to talk to him. So in other words, they're not uh, completely afraid of you. <laughs> they're just not very verbal about their love. Okay. Or physical. Or demonstrative. <laughs> or in, in anyway, any way. <laughs> it's just a... Twinkle in their eye and a lilt in their voice that says, I love you, Greg. Wow. <laughs> love. Love is a mini splendid thing. thing. Love lifts us up where we belong. That's right. Love is all you need. Love is a battlefield. <laughs> all you need is love. All right. So thank you for joining us this week. And we'll be back next week uh, with something new. No, we won't. <laughs> well, that'd be... We'll... New topics, same new old topics. shtick. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Presumably a, a new topic. I have the same 137 jokes that I just repeat over and over and again. You know, Freudian penis, that sort of thing. Yeah. Okay. All right. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. The Skeptic Wire podcast theme music is by Oscar Lawn with guest mandolin by Greg Perrine. If you've enjoyed listening to The Skeptic Wire, leave a review on iTunes or leave us a voice message via the PodPosted app for iPhone. Friend us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at The Skeptic Wire. Follow our blog at skepticwire.blogspot.com or send us an email, skepticwire at gmail.com. You've been listening to The Skeptic Wire. I'm 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 sometimes allergic to falsetto. Okay. Why would that be? Oh, because Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> you mean like a cedar allergy? <laughs> He said, segueing, segueing nearly indistinguishably. (laughs) What do I have to do? Wave around semaphore flags for you guys? Apparently. Today, yes. Yes, Yes, today, yes. Want to try that again? (laughs) Why? (laughs) Well, because that'll go at the end. (laughs) That, That whole bit of... Just kind of not well, even not even getting close to well, the, the blank <laughs> silence after I said I have an allergy to that and nobody said anything. Well, you no, have an edit no, point the there thing. where you can stop and say, "Okay, I'm going to edit the rest of this in." No, I'm going to I'm going to make another argument because we we have the big board here that was a complete non sequitur, which just fits in with our number one item, the movie, The Room.
because uh-huh. that is a movie of non. Oh fuck! I, I did the wrong segue. <laughs> I skipped three topics. <laughs> Oh my god, I am the idiot! <laughs> I'm the idiot in the room! <laughs> it suddenly, it suddenly dawns on me! <laughs> and with that self-realization, Greg elevated him out of being the idiot in the room. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> that, yeah, you skip all the way. Actually, I think it's the only one that's legible. <laughs> so, it's, so it's obvious why you went for that because it's yes. the only one that you can read. Yeah.